0: Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Uh,
0: uh, I'm good, uh, in part, uh, 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 listeners, because we're doing another in the news uh, episode.
1: We are. Uh, I would like you to tell me why everybody is on fire about the debt ceiling. (laughs) And I don't mean like the debt ceiling is like, oh, we should get to that at some point, but apparently we have hit whatever. This debt ceiling thing is, and it is causing major fracas in Uh, national politics.
0: Yeah, and and what uh, Nia is referencing, listeners, is that um, uh, the day we are recording this particular episode, and usually Nia and I don't usually make uh, too big of a deal about when we record particular episodes, but you know sometimes we do with the in the news episodes. But the day we are recording. is the day after the secretary of the treasury uh Janet Warren, Yellen Janet Yellen okay basically told the united states congress uh the us public and for that matter the rest of the world that the united states had hit its debt ceiling which kind of sort of begs the question what is a debt ceiling well it has nothing to do okay with the ceiling's inability It has everything to do with the federal government's ability to continue to borrow money. So technically, the debt ceiling is this. It is a legal restriction on how much money the federal government can borrow to pay its bills. Seems to be pretty straightforward, right?
1: Okay, so first of all, we should start with the notion that there is never, and I mean never, a time when the federal government is not in debt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean right we've never not been in debt we've never since the beginning it's what Hamilton was saying this is why we need a treasury because we're in debt right yeah, we've I, been I, I, in I, debt since before we were a country yes right and we will be in debt after a comet hits the earth and destroys everything the United yeah. States will still be in debt right like yeah, it's not a, whole... a matter of whether there's debt because right? yeah. part of what I know this is wow, economists everywhere are about to begin to weep. (laughs) Um, but debt is actually an important way that the economy runs because debt involves interest, and that's why people make money off of loaning other people money. And there's like there are reasons that you want to have some debt. But what the argument appears to be is we'd like to stop having debt now. That's what the The Republican side seems to be saying.
0: Okay, so before we get to the current debt ceiling, if you will, crisis. Oh, I'm sorry,
1: I left ahead.
0: Okay, bonfire, etc. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, Nia, you make a really good point. And and I tell this to my students uh, with some regularity. The United States is a country that was created, came into existence with significant debt, Right. Um, after we fought the Revolutionary War, and this just blows my students' minds, we owed the country that we just defeated in the war a whole bunch of money.
1: Right. Which is because, not unusual, by the way, for the winning side to demand payment. We did that to Germany after World War I, but we, said, we the won. Allies said.
0: No, 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 Nia, flip it around. We won the Revolutionary War. But we still owed money to the country that we just beat in the war.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. You're okay. right. That's that's the opposite. Okay. Okay. My and, bad. And, and, it's not reason. a good example. Forget World War One as an example, people. Never mind. Okay. But nevertheless, okay,
0: because the colonies were created with charters, which were contracts, contractually, those we colonies- still owed Great Britain a whole bunch of money and after here's the war.
1: Here's what you can do as a nation. You can say, good luck trying to get it come over here and see if you can take it, right? <laughs> you can try that, but then nobody else will make Wants contracts do- with you. Yeah, yeah nobody because market. they'll be like that guy renegs whenever he feels like it. And that's not okay. That's a that's what happens when you have third world dictatorships where people are just like, I'm not going to pay my bills. Well, okay, but then we're not going to loan you any more money or we're not going to be we're not going to do business with you. We still needed to do business with Britain, even though we were independent of Britain as a nation. We still needed them to buy our stuff. We still needed to buy some of their stuff. Yes. Like that's how those things
0: work. Now, what's fascinating about the debt ceiling? And there's only one other uh, Western democracy in the world that has a debt ceiling.
1: Oh, really? The others just flagrantly borrowed however oh, much yeah. they want?
0: Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they don't even worry about it,
1: right? Okay. <laughs> we don't have a top number. Okay. Who's no, the other one? It. Denmark. Oh, how very Danish.
0: Yes, right? So when did it arise? Interestingly enough, it arose in the 19-teens, specifically 1917, okay, because Congress was concerned that it was appropriating money to executive branch agencies, and then the agencies were ignoring the lawmakers, members of Congress, specific restrictions or directions on how they could spend the money,
1: so, I'm gonna give you $350, but you have to spend it on office supplies. Right. And, it, and then and the it, and then the agency says, I spent $485 on on beer and you know, transportation. Chips. Yes. Right. Or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And and the Congress was saying, but we just said you can't do like, nah.
0: So what Congress decided to do was instead of <laughs> Providing oversight over the executive branch agencies.
1: Because why would you want to do that?
0: They went ahead and did an end run. They went ahead and said, well, we'll set an overall debt limit. And if the executive branch gets to that debt limit, okay, they can't borrow any more money. So then they're screwed. So they will change their behavior, won't
1: they? (laughs) (laughs) That was the theory. Okay, that was the theory, and probably some of that also was. We don't want to get just so far into debt that it's, yes. that it's crazy balls. I mean, like at this point, how much are we in debt?
0: Oh, good uh, lord! How, how much do we owe, Augie? Well, well, the the current debt um, uh, limit, the debt ceiling, is thirty one point four trillion dollars. Tr, with a tr,
1: T R, not yes. million or billion.
0: Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, Nia, in terms of zeros, right? Okay. It runs
1: off the end of the check. <laughs> yeah. The check has to be one of those really big checks, like when you win the, the remember lottery. those, the Reader's Digest things? Or the, yeah, or the, yeah, the, I can't remember, the lottery it's not Reader's checks, Digest, right? yeah. Exactly. It's got to be okay. one of those in order to fit all the zeros on it.
0: So why should we care about this? Okay, so... The debt ceiling. Expires. Well, first of
1: all, the debt ceiling exists, right? Currently yes. in law, it exists. Yes. And that and that thirty one point four trillion is what was in law or what yeah. is in law.
0: Yeah. And according to uh, Secretary Treasury uh, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, we hit that limit on Thursday, <laughs> January 19th. OK. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. So, now, since 1917, according to the Treasury Department, okay, the debt ceiling or the debt limit has been raised by the Congress and the President over 70 times.
1: Has it ever been lowered?
0: Uh, Typically, no. Okay. Okay. So it okay. only goes
1: up. This is yeah. this is a one-way elevator. It only goes yeah. up. We're gonna need more money. We're gonna need more money. We're gonna need more money. Never ah, oh, we found some money in the loose change in the couch, and we're gonna lower that limit. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, it, it, it makes, sense. Way, it, it okay, makes it, sense. It makes sense because it, debt tends to breed debt. Yes, okay. And
0: And and Congress has basically two choices in regards to raising the debt limit or the debt ceiling. Either they can raise it a certain amount or they can raise it for a certain period of time. Right. So, um, you know, and um, uh, in this particular case, the debt ceiling was uh, uh, last raised during the Trump administration. And they they picked a specific amount,
1: <laughs> okay? Okay, which got us to here.
0: Yes, it got us to here. Okay.
1: And so now the argument is we we need that to go up, right? That's what the White House is. The executive is saying
0: we we're going to a- need
1: we're going to need some more trillions.
0: Yes, and the newly erect elected majority, Republican majority in the House, has basically said. To President Biden and the Democratic controlled Senate, well, if you guys want to raise the debt ceiling, then you're going to have to give us something in exchange. And what the House Republicans want in exchange is agreement to reduce government spending. Okay. Um, And they haven't specified where yet. All right. Um, But they want spending reductions and the democrats president biden and the democrats in the senate have said that's a non-starter we're not going to negotiate
1: that seems like a tough stance to take
0: well particularly because it then begs the question what happens if the debt ceiling's not raised That's what
1: I was going to ask you next. Okay, so if there's a stalemate, which apparently we are currently under a stalemate, what is Janet Yellen doing? Sorry, folks, this is the day after. You're you're going to hear this a few days late, but this is the day after we hit the debt ceiling. Today, when she goes to the office, what is she going to do about, okay, well, you can't spend any more money. Okay,
0: so... According to Treasury Secretary Yellen, um, the Treasury Department can take quote unquote extraordinary measures to delay the impact of not raising the debt ceiling. Now, what this typically means is it, the Treasury Department can decide to not make payments that won't don't have to occur for months, right? So for instance, if the federal government has to make contributions to federal government retirement plans, they can hold off on doing so until later in the year because many of those payments are for federal government workers who are gonna retire next year or in five years or 10 years, right? Ah. So that their money,
1: future payments, so they can yeah, hold on that and yeah,
0: they, they, theoretically
1: they, make it up.
0: Yeah, they can theoretically go ahead and make it up, right?
1: But that's they, a dangerous game to play because
0: that is a dangerous game because if all of a sudden a whole bunch of federal government workers decide to retire, then okay, <laughs> okay, then
1: suddenly those payments aren't ten years down the road; they're ten weeks down the road. And yes,
0: right. Okay, um, and or the federal government can hold off on going forward with like future contracts. Okay.
1: Oh, we were going to build this building on this base. And we had contracted this construction company to do that. We're going to put that off for six months. And everybody who was going to work in that building still has to stay in their trailers or whatever, because we're not going to build that building yet. So they can put off things like capital, improvements and stuff like that that's right okay okay
0: but there's Um, only so
1: long you could do that i imagine yes
0: and according to yellen okay these extraordinary measures will give congress and the president until some point in the month of june
1: (laughs) some unknown date and time at which point it's all done
0: at that point, then the federal government will have to institute shutdown protocols and plans, because at that point, the federal government won't have enough money to actually like pay its current employees or to go ahead and send out Social Security checks, okay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: So she's giving a warning about six months in advance, roughly. About five, five, months. Months, five months. Five months in advance, yeah, saying, okay, yeah. you guys yeah. need to figure this out yes. or there will be catastrophic effects. Because we know when governments shut down,
0: it costs money.
1: It costs a lot of money.
0: Yes. Okay. You still have
1: to pay those people their lapsed salary because... You don't want them to quit and go work somewhere else. And also, there's some stuff in the federal government you can't shut down. For instance, the National Zoo. The National Zoo closes to visitors when there's a shutdown, but you still have to feed the animals. Because it turns out you can't just wait six weeks to feed an animal, right? You have to be humane and feed the animals as you go or catastrophic things happen.
0: You have to continue to employ and pay. Uh, members of the military for national right. national defense purposes need to have to ha- uh, have um, have uh, border patrol agents. Okay, um, you need to right. have um,
1: all you need- of your law enforcement military stuff still has to work, and some of your basic like. IT functions still have to work because people need to be able to put in forms to the government and all that stuff. Even there's nobody to look at anyway. So yeah. shutdowns are a bad thing, and we should try to avoid them when we can.
0: Okay, but it's not just bad for the government. And this is where then economists weigh in. Because if the federal government stops spending money, it will have a huge ripple effect, negative ripple effect. It's like a tsunami, right? That happens after there's like an earthquake in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right? Right. The, earth, the earthquake in, in the middle of the Pacific it's bad Ocean enough. is bad enough. <laughs> but it's the resulting tsunami that occurs that, that murders can, people. Yes, because what most economists are predicting is that if the government then you know shuts down at some point, say for instance Nia in June, right? All those government workers, okay who will eventually get paid, won't be getting paid then, which means they'll stop their economic activity.
1: Right. right? They'll they stop won't. spending money, which is what yeah. you do when, you, when you're when you suspended from your job for whatever reason. Yes. The first thing you do is stop spending any money because yes. there are bills you absolutely have to cover. You have to cover your rent you or mortgage. You have to cover your food. You have to cover your power. So you stop spending any discretionary anything. Yes. That's so, the first thing that you do.
0: In the American economy, okay, domestically is predicated on Americans spending trillions of dollars on discretionary spending. Okay? Right. From Amazon purchases to going out to bars and restaurants. To I was going gonna to say, to going President to make- Biden
1: is going to call you personally and say, I'm going to need you to buy a cup of coffee today.
0: Yes. Don't be making that at home, Audrey. <laughs> I need you to go to Wawa, okay? And buy three cups there. Yeah, every single day. And it'd be helpful
1: if you could pick up a candy bar or a sandwich while you're at it. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. right,
0: okay? And (laughs) and continue to put gas, okay, into your tank, right? Right. Okay, because we need you guys to do this, right? But it's not just the effect on the United States economy domestically. The United States economy has a huge um, uh, uh, importance for the international economy. Uh, Nia, right?
1: Oh, because it, Americans buy all kinds of stuff.
0: Yes, we like from all over the world. We are the consumer engine that drives the international economy. Right? Right. So if if the Americans stop stop buying money, stuff, <laughs> okay, then European markets. Asian markets, to a certain extent, African markets are all going to be like, whoa, okay? Again, think about a tsunami, right? right? Hundreds of miles away, some beach is going to get absolutely wiped out, okay, because the United States federal government goes into a shutdown. Right. Okay?
1: That ceilings... For the longest time, that wasn't a thing, right? They just raised the debt ceiling and moved on. And
0: yes, everybody
1: grumbled about it. Everybody's like, oh, oh, oh spending too
0: much. It's basically been Nia like over the last 30 years, where you know the Republican Party has used the raising of the debt ceiling as a negotiating ploy to get a handle on federal government spending.
1: Right. Because in their fundamentals. Yes, The two parties are are really the one line that can be drawn between them, I think, relatively clearly, is that Republicans generally believe in small government, hands-off government, um, right? The least money spent by the government, the better. We want there to be this sort of fiscal conservativeness about us. And Democrats, moderate Democrats, want... Bigger government. They want the government to take care of social issues that can be handled through finances. You know, let's social security, for instance, or other things like that. So those two things come into opposition when you have one side that doesn't want to spend money and the other side that does want to spend money and believes, and they both believe that that's the answer to fixing Americans' lives right? The the government needs to get out of your way and give you more of your money so that you can do whatever you want. Lower taxes, blah, blah, blah. The government needs to help people who can't help themselves or who people who are struggling. What are we going to do? Just let them lay down in the street? No, of course not. So that that's where the argument comes in. But apparently now it's gotten a little sharper, right? Like there's more name calling. There's more because in the past Nia,
0: it at least initially, the opposing forces, if you will, would say things publicly, and then they would negotiate behind the scenes, right? right? So, you know, we saw this, for instance, during the Obama administration, right? You know, Barack Obama wanted to raise the debt ceiling, okay? Uh, the House was controlled, once again, by Republicans, but then eventually Barack Obama agreed to some minimal – reductions in domestic spending, okay, which would allow the Republicans to go ahead and say, you know, we extracted this. We have a victory. Okay, for raising the debt ceiling, and the Democrats could go ahead and say, we helped avert a government shutdown, right? Right. And Nia, I want to go back to a previous point really, really quickly. It's not just the effect on the economy, The United States debt, okay, is some of the most. The United States federal government debt is considered probably the safest, most secure way to invest your money in the world, right? Oh, like our
1: treasury bonds and stuff
0: like that? That's right. Because the way the federal government typically raises money, okay, to pay off its debt is through government instruments like. Treasury bonds and T-bills, right? Treasury bills, right? And investors like them because the US federal government has never defaulted. In our country's history, even though we've had so much debt, we've never defaulted on our debt,
1: okay? We've always paid the bill.
0: Yes. Now, as an investor, you don't get a huge return when you buy a treasury bond. But you know, if you cash it in, you're going to get your money plus whatever interest accrued. Right. And that's secure. And we've talked about this in previous podcast episodes. It's like the banking system. It's like, you know, investing in the stock market. If investors have a lot of confidence, okay, then a lot of money gets put into the system and gets circulated. But if they don't have confidence, okay, then they're unwilling to go ahead and make deposits at banks. They're unwilling to go ahead and invest money in a new company with a new way, you know, a new widget, right?
1: And they're not going to buy bonds if they think a government is not stable. That's right. Nobody, nobody out is out here. No shade, Zimbabwe, but nobody's out here buying your T bills. Or you know, I think mean, about for instance, right? Like you know, that's Greek, a that's a huge Greek, thing.
0: Think about the Greek government. Their government bonds, okay, after the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009, Nia, were considered junk bonds. The only investors who would buy Greek government bonds wanted to write off the investments as losses on their taxes, right? Because they had no value, right? They had no value, right?
1: Although if you waited...
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they have
1: value now, but yeah. Okay. So
0: that kind of reliability and trust is why investors around the world, including other governments, will buy huge amounts of government treasuries, right? Because they know it is the safest investment, okay? If, you know, you're the Chinese government and you want to sock away a whole bunch of money that you've made, okay, by producing a lot of cheap goods that the rest of the world has bought, you buy government treasury bonds, right? Right. Because you know, okay, it's a safe investment.
1: That the U.S. is good for it.
0: That's right. Okay? Because we never default. But when you have this kind of debt ceiling crisis, all of a sudden investors are like, "Whoa, wait a minute here!
1: They're not as stable as we thought." What? Okay. Maybe we maybe we shouldn't be buying,
0: or maybe we should cash in some of our bonds, right?
1: Uh, to make sure that we get some of our money rather than none of our money. The, money. the nice thing about the U.S. is that one of the things that we that we have. Um, I know we're off the gold standard and blah, blah, blah. But we still have a lot of resources. Yes. And, and we're still so we're not in a desperate situation of they're walking away. But if we defaulted on a on a bond, if if there were a bunch of investors who suddenly got defaulted on, they would walk away. And they would they be would. right to do that. Be smart to do that. Because if we started defaulting, it would probably be one of those things where you couldn't stop, right? There would be just
0: yeah, cycle after
1: cycle after cycle after cycle of default. Because
0: psychologically, a lot of investors will go ahead and follow the leadership of those who have, you know, a greater volume of government, you know, treasury bonds, right? And that's, you know, that's kind of sort of like what happened during the Great Depression when you had the run on the banks. When you hear one bank, okay. <laughs> could not repay its depositors. You That's run to your he, bank. Okay. Right. But then when it's like two or three banks, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I need to get there, right? Right. Now all of a sudden you have a crisis, right? You have a crisis. And, and, and listeners, me and I, uh, one of our favorite television shows of all time is The West Wing, And the West Wing had an episode, and I actually looked this up, Nia. This was in 2005, right? Where they were actually dealing, you know, they had an episode that had a subplot about should the Bartlett administration negotiate raising the debt ceiling, right?
1: I I know this. And one of the characters says, so this debt ceiling thing is routine or is it the end of the world? And the other one says. Both. (laughs) because again it's it is it is both routine and the end, of the, end of the world because it's happened
0: so many times like well over 70 times but at but also if it actually did materialize where the debt ceiling was not raised it would be the end of the financial world i mean and i hate to engage in hyperbole and again but it, know, it, it would be, be
1: pretty awful worldwide like it would I just mean, be well yeah, what would her- have to happen is that the entire world would have to reset on someone else's economy.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And yep. talk about nobody being strong enough for that to happen. Like that's yes. the problem. Is yep. right now China's economy is tanking.
0: is slowing because down because of Because of
1: loss of population. Their demographics are a problem. Their COVID issues were a problem. Germany's not nearly as strong as it once was. But I do think something that should be kept in mind, if, if I may, is even this argument causes stress in the markets. Yes. Like, we need to stop having this argument. Because every time this comes up, the markets freak out.
0: Yeah, there there has to be some structural changes put into place here because the debt ceiling is not required by the U.S. Constitution. Right. right? Okay.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. We could fix this by just taking off the debt ceiling like every other country. Country. Or
0: come up with a different, a a, a different, if you will, structural change in law so that this does not happen again and it's happened in, in every three in
1: my, every three or four years right like yeah, it comes up you yeah know, it comes and up. they do what I call kicking the can down the road they'll raise it by two and a half trillion dollars or whatever and that'll get us through April of 2025 and then all of a sudden, it won't be Janet Yellen because by then she will have quit and gone into retirement, but it'll be somebody else that will say, yeah, all right, she, we're getting close to the debt ceiling. What do you guys want to do? I mean, yeah. She's going to be,
0: you know, by, by 2025, Janet Yellen. Okay. First of all, we'll go to some spa and decompress for like <laughs> half a year and then, Which she'll go she ahead, should. <laughs> and then she'll go ahead and take, you know, Sometime some part-time teaching gig at some prestigious university, where she can basically just go ahead and say, "You know, you guys think you got it
1: rough, okay?" (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you what being Treasury Secretary is like. Can I? And before that, I was chair of the
0: Federal Reserve. Okay,
1: (laughs) give me a break. <clears throat> okay. Right, I eat tums know. at all meals, just in case. Yes, um, right. I I have a question though uh, uh, about the current, um, uh, the current problem with the GOP within its own party. Right, is that there are sort of the the moderates and the conservatives, and then there are their Tea Party sort of edge folk who are like no raising of the debt. We will not do this. It doesn't matter if the government, if the government shuts down, that's a good thing, right? That's, and so they have to get themselves together before they can kind of negotiate. Am I reading that correctly? Is that, is that?
0: Yeah, because Speaker of the House uh, McCarthy doesn't have a large enough majority in the House to ignore The you know Tea Party wing that would have no problem with a government shutdown. He just as we saw
1: by a 15 time vote to get the speakership. He does not have.
0: Yeah, I mean he can an argument
1: proof majority.
0: Yeah, he cannot ignore them, which means at some point in time, okay, in any of his negotiations with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and President Biden. You know, behind closed doors, he will just have to go out and say, Hey guys, unless you help me, I can't control my caucus. Right. I mean, I can't, can't get
1: them on board unless you give me something to give them. I yes. need a piece of red meat for them.
0: Yeah, because if not so that you know, because if not, you know, there's you know they easily, can hold this up. Yeah. 18 to 20, 22 um, House Republicans who demonstrated during the you know vote on who would be the next speaker of the house okay they're quite willing to shut down the house of representatives until they got their way right shutting down the government okay is not beyond their scope right right <laughs> you know? or
1: beyond their will
0: yes right right
1: they they have a will to do that they they would be willing to do that as a group by the same token biden has dug in Right He's he, like, yeah. I'm not changing anything, take it or leave it, suck it up and go away. which I understand from a negotiation point, you start with the maximum, yes, and, and then, then you, you work re- your way backwards because if you say I'll happily meet you in the middle, then other people will say, well, then I want three quarters. Yes. So I get where he's coming from with that, but he's going to have to negotiate as well, right. He can't just,
0: yeah, because it, it, the only way um, the the Speaker of the House, at some point might have some leverage um, uh, with the, um, let's just say, call them the Tea Party wing, is if politically, the polls turn on the House of Republicans, right? Uh-huh. Okay. But again, that usually only happens once the government goes ahead and shuts down. Right. For, three, <laughs> for Three days, five days a week, Right. When Um, people
1: can't go to the state park and they can't get a fishing license and they can't, you know, do whatever the things are that they're trying to do, or just, you know, they can't pay their taxes like right now.
0: Oh, this is huge. Let's face it. Okay, so tax day is April 15th. The IRS has already told in the entire largest state of the country, California, that because of all their rainstorms, okay, they can have extensions. So that means millions of Californians are going to wait to pay their taxes or submit their tax returns until possibly May, maybe June. Right. Right. Right? So and
1: if the IRS then says, oh, yeah, we'd be processing that except we're shut down. Yes. Oh, I mean, California is like the what, 10th largest economy in the world. If it were its own.
0: Uh, If it was its own uh, uh, country. It would be at least the seventh largest. Some economists say the fifth largest.
1: Yeah. Right? We we cannot have California yes. not economically working. Like yes. okay. We um, you know, whether you're I understand if you're a Republican conservative from Missouri, but you still need California. Yes, you just and, do.
0: And and think about this too, Nia. And I thought this was really interesting. Yellen basically went ahead and said, at some point in June. Now, for those of you who you know work throughout the year and you really don't, you know, take summer vacations, you're like, so what's the big deal about June? Okay. But for those of us who have kids, okay, (laughs) okay, that's summer, that's summer vacation time, right? Right. But if you got millions of federal government workers who aren't working, they're not taking vacations.
1: Right. And you have millions of federal workers who aren't working at places where people would take vacation where yes. other people would take vacations yes, so right. not, so like it's a double whammy of they're it not could. going on vacation to Miami mm-hmm. Beach and guess what kids you're not going on vacation to Yosemite because it'll be closed right so I mean the, 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 the cascading effects of this <laughs> okay
0: and the fact that, that it could happen in June
1: is I terrible.
0: Mean, is, is terrible right yeah the uh, only it,
1: way that would be worse is if it happened in december
0: yeah the week before christmas
1: right <laughs> i mean
0: <laughs> i mean so I mean, really it,
1: what what we're what we're basically what we've arrived at is there will be negotiations
0: yeah there has to be um, it's just
1: that it's going to be a matter of who gives what and how much in order to yeah. And again, this and, ceiling, like they're not going to be able to walk away. These people who say we're not going to raise the dead ceiling, yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, and, you are, because we have to.
0: And, and for the Democrats who are like, you know, we're not going to go ahead and negotiate of spending cuts. Um yes, I'm are. sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, because if you don't throw the speaker some sort, right. some sort of bone, right? he's not going to be able to rein in his caucus, right? He just can't.
1: Pushing him against a wall two weeks after he becomes speaker (laughs) is only going to make your working relationship with him even more impossible than it already is. Like, that's not helpful to anybody. So what Augie and I are pleading for is civil discourse. We come back to this on a regular basis. If y'all would just sit down and negotiate honestly, Right. Here's what I can give. Here's what I can't give, because if if I give this thing, then twenty of my members won't sign off, and we won't get anywhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and, then and, and, you're and just gonna if, have to do it. And even, and even the Democrats in the Senate and President Biden understand that if the Democrats want to retain control of the Senate in 2024 and have any hope of regaining control of the House, he can't put moderate Democrats out on an island, okay, in regards to, you know, government spending. Because many of those moderate Democrats, okay, actually do believe that some government spending can be reduced. Right. But if you put them out on an island and force them to go ahead and run on a negotiation that led to a government shutdown that drove the U.S. economy into a recession, okay, that's a non-starter, right? Right.
1: So on both sides, yes. And the government, right now, the economies of the world are precarious enough. Yes. We should probably not add More precarity to that situation, right? (laughs) Right now, it's balanced on literally a knife's edge, the governments of the world. Yeah. Because coming out of COVID has been horrible for everybody. And financially, it's just a nightmare. Let's not make this more nightmarish by saying, oh, and by the way, the largest economy in the world just defaulted. And
0: and moreover, Nia, you went ahead and mentioned something a few moments ago, and we can close on this. But I don't know uh, how many listeners took note of the report um, late last week, early this week, uh, where the uh, Chinese um, uh, death rate last year was higher than its birth rate, okay? So much of the world's production of cheap, affordable goods, okay, is predicated on China having okay a large um working uh, population working population right and
1: and their demographics uh, are dropping like a stone
0: yeah and, and 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 we knew this with western european and western you know developed democracies right the grain the grain of those populations right right but i mean if anything if you take a look at what happened to japan who was the mate, the United States' biggest economic rival in the 1970s and 80s. And by the end of that millennium, okay, Japan had fallen two or three spots, okay, and is now struggling to go ahead and maintain any type of economic continuity. This is huge for the international economy. So Nia, as you pointed out. We're at a point right now to where a lot of nations are just like, how are we going to recover from the pandemic, right? Right. And and how are we going to go ahead and deal with the headwinds of some really large forces uh, that, you know, heretofore, okay, they have not come up with any attempted solutions. Attempted, right? (laughs) Including ones that might fail, right? So you can't have the world's largest economy, okay, that drives, you know, because of its consumer appetites, that drives the rest of the world. You can't have it just go into a recession because the two political parties, okay, are unwilling to go ahead and say, can't we negotiate, okay?
1: Right. Get yourselves together. Yes. And fix it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is what Augie and I are demanding. Get yourselves together and fix it.
0: Because many in the American public, okay, are not going to care who's at fault, okay, when middle of the June rolls
1: around. And nobody Nobody can go on vacation. Uh, I'm just saying, people will need their vacation in June. And if you cut them off from their vacation, woe be unto you. That is not going to be good look for anybody. So are we going to come back in June and revisit this if it's an issue?
0: Yeah, or you know, if a if a deal gets done before June, and I then, hope and pray it does, we'll come back and we'll talk about it again. Cool. Thanks, Augie. Yep. Thank you, Nia.